Hey, good doing this morning. I just used the word y'all. I'm a Yankee. I've been down here way too long if I'm using the word y'all now. Don't tell my mom. She might have a heart attack. But um, so uh, what, what Jim was just talking about kind of fits really well in with what I feel like uh, God wants me to share this morning. Just a uh, pretty simple concept, the, the idea of teamwork. And um, the cool thing about events like that is it's multiple churches coming together, um, which is what we're called to be as a church. It's not one church having one event for their, for their people. It's multiple churches coming together to have an event, a community-wide event to impact the community. So um, obviously I can't go, but I uh, encourage you all to sign up um, if you're a lady and uh, to, to, to make sure you get there that weekend. So, so this morning, um, you know, I, once again, I, I was reminded about how God's plan is perfect. Uh, you know, when Robbie asked me to, to speak this morning about two months ago, the first question I always ask him is, right, is there a topic or is there a verse of scripture he wants me to, to cover? And, and the, sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't, and sometimes it's more daunting when it's not because it's, it's wide open. I can choose whatever I want. And so sometimes it's nice to be led, say, here's your scripture, or here's our topic, here's what we're talking about. Well, this morning, Robbie's like, no, whatever, whatever you want. So I started praying about, you know, what God wanted me to share this morning. And in uh, one word kept coming back to me over and over again, and that one word was teamwork. And, and I was like, no, nah, that's, that's it's really kind of simple not really deep theological conversation, and uh, I was like, ah, well, we'll come, well, we're not going to do that, but everywhere I turned, everywhere I looked, just kept me bringing me back to this idea of teamwork, so I finally relented, because, you know, God's going to keep hammering you until you relent, and uh, I was like, all right, we're going to talk about teamwork this morning, and then I realized his perfect plan, because if you're here last week, right, we had four Greenwood partners speaking, to us about how, what they're doing in this community and how we join along, walk alongside with them to do, to do his work in this community. So again, his will was perfect, his plan was perfect as it always is, and uh, so we're going to talk about teamwork this morning. So I'm entitling the message, We Can Do Great Things Together. And, and I realized that we, God has a purpose for this topic. You know, so like I said, last week we heard from our strategic partners who are part of our team and more importantly, part of his team. And this morning, I pray that we learn how important it is to be a part of both of those teams as well. I, see how, I pray that we see how important it is that, that we are a part of God's team. And Legacy City is a small team within his team. And all those four agreed partners are small teams within his team. And we're all created to work together. You see, this whole church thing, Legacy City doesn't work because of what Robbie does, or what Jordan does, or what the rest of the church staff does, right? It all works because we work together as a team, right? In fact, we're called to work as a team. If you look throughout Scripture, right, the, the, the scriptural greats, you know, Moses, Noah, David, Paul, even Jesus had a team, right? They didn't, they didn't try to go at it alone, right? They, they knew the importance of having other people around them. And they knew the importance of working together towards a common goal. And that's what we're called to do as Legacy City and as the, the, the capital C church. Right? 
I hope when you leave here this morning, you realize we, as Legacy City, and God, as his church, can't do this without you. Right? They can't do it without the person sitting next to you or the person sitting in the row in front or behind you. All right, we're all here this morning for a reason, and we're all in uh, as part of Legacy City Church for a reason. So, so that's my hope for this morning, that you, you walk out of here this morning realizing that you are important and God has a role for you uh, uh, here at Legacy City and, and in his church. So let me pray, and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive into some scripture. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you for uh, your, your continual love for us, Lord God, a love that uh, we don't have to earn, Lord, but it's there for us for free. Lord, and we just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for uh, bringing us all here this morning. We, it's not by accident that we're sitting here, Lord. It's not by accident, Lord, that, that you directed us to Legacy City, Lord God. We are, we're all here for a purpose. We're all here to be a part um, of, of, of your team, Lord God. So help us, Lord God, to open up our hearts and our minds and our ears to what you're going to teach us this morning and to continually grow closer to you. In your name I pray, amen. All right, so think about, think back we, to when you were on a team, right? It doesn't have to be a sports team. It does it, you know, because there's plenty, everyone has teams at work, right? You, you I mean, yeah, there are sports teams, but there are, there are other sorts of teams, all sorts of teams. At some point, we've always been on a team, right? For me, it was sports teams. I mean, I grew up playing baseball from the time I was seven until I was 20 in college, and my job, I, I mean, we're on sports teams all the time. So, so for me, it's sports, but it doesn't have to be sports. We've all been a part of a team at some point. But being a part of a team, right, especially sports teams, I've heard my fair share of coaches giving their pregame pep talks, right, giving their, their old cliches that you all hear thousands of times about teamwork. You know, and it's really easy for them to go in one ear and out the other and not pay attention to them. But think about some of those, those teamwork quotes. What are some of those famous teamwork quotes that we hear all the time? There's no I in team, right? It's the most famous one there is. People are trying to change that now, if you realize. They try to find the I in the A. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I mean, we're trying to change it, but there's no I in team. Okay, that's probably one of the most famous ones. What are some other ones we might hear? Teamwork makes the dream work, right? Teamwork makes the dream work. Ian, gosh, same page. Right? And, and if you do a Google search of great teamwork quotes, there are literally thousands of them. But I think if you focus on these and others you might have heard, what is one common, one common thread that jumps out at you? It's the idea of it's not about you. Right? Being a part of the team is not about you. Right? It's a part about being something greater than yourself. Right? You put you in the back seat. You put your dreams, your wants, your hopes, your desires in the back seat, and you put the dreams and the hopes and the goals of the team at the forefront of what you're doing and why you're doing it, right? And I think this applies to the church as well, right? We all walk through the doors on Sunday morning, and, and we all have things going on in our life, 
right? We all have hopes, we all have dreams, we all have issues that we're dealing with. But those need to take a back seat to what God wants for your life and how God wants to use Legacy City as part of his team. <laughs> so, and so like I said, this idea of being a teamer doesn't, isn't relegated to locker rooms alone before a game, right? John 3.30 says, John the Baptist says this in chapter 3, verse 30. He says, we, we, he must become greater. I must become less, right? This idea of I need to make my needs, my wants, my desires smaller than what his are for me. I need to allow God to be reflected in how I live my life. I must think less of myself and more of him. Because then and only then will the church be as successful and as fruitful as it's called to be. So I think that's one of the main reasons why certain, certain teams are successful. right? The people put their needs, their wants, their desires second to the team's wants and desires and hopes. Right, if I think about successful teams I, I was on uh, growing up playing, playing baseball or successful teams that I've been fortunate to, to be a part of from an athletic training standpoint, those are the teams that were able to focus on the team and not the individual. Right? And church is no different. Right? We need to focus on the church as a whole to be successful and take my needs and desires out of the picture. But I think the second thing that comes out to me in team, successful teams that I've been a part of is that everyone understood their roles. Right? God created us all to be different. Right? The members of successful teams I've been a part of understood that they didn't, they didn't have all the answers. And more importantly, there were other members of their team who had certain strengths that they did not have. So they understood their role within the concept of the team. And again, this should be the same way with us as a church. We all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. Right? We're going to talk about it in a second. God's gifted different people with different gifts and different talents. Right? We need to draw on those, just like successful teams do. They need to draw on those strengths. Right? As the world-famous philosopher Rocky Balboa once said, you got gaps. I got gaps. Together we fill gaps. Right? So, so we all have gaps. We all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. But what I've realized, and I'm kind of I'm working through the Old Testament with a, with a, with a group of guys, and, and it's really easy to, to kind of skim through some of the stuff in the Old Testament. Right? You have all the genealogy accounts and, and all the specifics of how to set up the tavern, the temple, and all that other stuff, and you just kind of fly through it sometimes. But what I notice is this idea of roles starts way back in the Old Testament. All right, I'm not going to read through it all, but if you look back through the book of Numbers, which, interesting, I learned, is translates into, into the, in the wilderness. The Hebrew translation for Numbers is in the wilderness. So if you read through Numbers, they hold, the whole story is about the Israelites going um, through the wilderness. But in chapters 1 through 4, right, God tells Moses what the duties are of each of the 12 tribes of Israel. All right, so as you read through the chapters, right, not only does he tell them exactly how to set up the camps and the tents, but he tells them 
what each tribe, what the responsibilities are for Israel to be successful. All right, so way back then, God knew that different people were going to have different strengths. And they needed to rely on each other as a community to be successful. Legacy City, we're the same way. But God puts people, brings people to this church who have different strengths and different weaknesses. Because God knows that we need to work together to be successful. Right? God doesn't expect every one of us to have all the answers or all the skills we need to be the best Christ follower we can be. He knew we're all going to have strengths and we're going to have weaknesses. He said he knew that way back in the Old Testament in Numbers when he was setting up the, the, the nation of Israel. So we need to be able to rely on those. All right, so this morning, if you're a note taker, I found three quotes from, pretty, from, from some famous people about what it means to be the member of a team. All right, so the first quote comes from Vince Lombardi. All right, for those who don't know, Vince Lombardi was the head coach of the Green Bay, Green Bay Packers in the 1960s and 1970s. All right, one of the most successful head coaches uh, in the history of the NFL. And he's, he said this, and he's got a ton of great quotes, but he says this about the, the importance of working together. He says, individual commitment to a group effort, that is what makes a team work, a company work, a society work, a civilization work. Right? And I would add, that's what makes a church work. Right? This is the only way that our church, Legacy City, is going to work. Right? Everyone in this room has to be committed to the group effort of spreading his name throughout Greenwood and the surrounding community. Everyone has to be committed to this. this. This is what we're called to do as, as, as a church, is to make his name known, whatever it takes. And we do this together. Right? You know, the, the whole idea of all in, if you're a Clemson fan, you've heard this thing, right? All in. I'm not, like, I'm not not a Clemson fan, but I'm not a diehard Clemson fan. But it's the idea of everyone has to be all in. Right? Everyone in this room, everyone who's a part of Legacy City has to be all in to this idea of we're going to do whatever it takes for Legacy City to spread the name of Jesus throughout Greenwood. And that's what Vince Lombardi's talking about with that quote. You know, how do, how do we do this? And I think it's pretty simple. Scripture lays it out in Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 47. So if, if you want to turn there in your Bibles, um, we're going to be there for, for a little bit. Uh, Acts chapter 2, 44 through 47. Right? And, and <clears throat> it says this. It says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Right? Not some, but all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The church worked together in Acts chapter 2. They were a team, 
right? They were a bunch of individuals who were committed to the group effort of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as you read that, right, it's, it's everyone was committed to give to anyone who had need, right? It wasn't some people were committed. Everyone was committed. And I think the, th- the thing that kind of struck me this morning as I, as I was reading through it, and I really didn't notice it before, is that they were praising God through it all, right? They didn't forget to thank God for the opportunity to share his word, to share his name. They didn't see it as, oh, I got to do this, right? You know, the church is going to serve today. Hey, the church is going to serve a pathway today, a plug, three to six, took out this afternoon, right? <laughs> it's not something just to check off the list and go, oh, I got to go do this. I guess I'll go do it, right? They saw it as an opportunity, and they praised God as they were doing it, right? And the response was that they saw the fruits of their labor, right? God, the Lord, added to their number daily who were being saved. They wanted to know who Jesus was. Right? There wasn't a concern of, I don't, they, I don't know what they're going to, they weren't worried about not being accepted. They just cared about making his name known. They wanted the people to know who Jesus was. They did everything they could to make his name known by their actions and their words. They weren't afraid of being the church. Right? They weren't afraid of working together to glorify God, to make his name known. And they knew that it took each member of the team to do this successfully. We have to adopt the same attitude, right? We need to realize we need to rely on each other to do this. We need to rely on each other and work together to be the church that we're called to be. And in order for this to happen, though, it brings us to our second point. Second quote from Mother Teresa. I can do things you cannot. And you can do things I cannot. Together, we can do great things. Right? It's not just good things. Right? It's great things. But we must rely on each other. That's not very easy, is it? Because does anybody really like admitting that they can't do something? Right? What gets in the way? Pride, right? Pride gets in the way very quickly. Pride gets in the way of like, "Ah, I don't need help. I can do it myself. Pride stops us from asking for help when we need it. Pride blinds us to our need for help. And and the funny thing is, is, is recently as yesterday, right, I almost allowed pride to stop me from asking for help. Right, so I might be I might be able to dis, uh, relocate a dislocated shoulder, you know, or to, to rehab an athlete after they have a, have an ACL tear and get him back on the court. Right, that's 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 my thing. But the only thing I have in common with the word handy is the letter A. Ask my wife. Me and handy really don't go well, get go well together. She's probably more handy than I am. So, so yesterday. Uh, I was going. To, I was getting. I was going to work, and the little picture on the dashboard it said, "You have low air tire pressure." Came on, 
It's like, ah, it's 30 degrees just because it's really cold outside. We'll be okay. So as I'm continuing to drive, it doesn't go off. So I'm like, great. So get out of the car. Well, there's a screw in the tire. And I'm like, gosh, this first, first thing is, is how much is it going to cost me to fix? So I start looking at tire places that might be open um, on Saturday. And then I said, well, you know, I'm going to take a picture of it and send it to the most car knowledgeable guy I know, Blake Dixon. I'm like, it's like, Blake, can I plug this? And he goes, yeah, piece of cake. I was like, sweet, maybe for you, but not for me. But I didn't say that at first. All right, so I go to Walmart. I buy the tire plug kit. I take a picture of the kit, send it to Blake, and go, hey, is this what I need? And Blake goes, yeah. I was like, he goes, if you want me to do it, just drive by, and I'll come, I'll come fix your tire for you. So it was one of those moments. You have the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other, right? So the devil's going, nah, you got this. Right? You're a guy. You don't need help just to plug your tire. Don't worry about it. The logical side's going, yeah, you need help, right? Because um, you're going to mess this up some way. But pride was still stopping me from wanting to say yes. But then I was like, you dummy. You're talking tomorrow about having to work together as a team. You're talking tomorrow about drawing strengths from each other because everyone has strengths and, and that, that you might not have. So I swallowed my pride and drove my car over to Blake's house, and he fixed it in like 30 seconds. Um, so thank you, Blake. Uh, and it only cost me like $5 instead of who knows what at Firestone. But the best thing about it is, is now I know how to do it myself. Right? So not only is my tire fixed, but now I can, I've learned how to do something from a member of our team. Right? And for Blake, it's probably not a big deal. It's probably going, this really isn't that hard. But that's fine. I know how to do it myself. And I think that's what happens when we, when we work together as a team, when we swallow our pride, and when we rely on the strengths of each other, not only does the work get done more efficiently, we now know how to do it in the future. Right? And this is a simple example of, of plugging a tire, but it, it applies to, to, to the church as well. Right? If you're not comfortable in praying with other people, right? the more you're around people who are comfortable praying with other people, you realize it's really not that hard to do. And then you then become comfortable and you start doing it. Right? So we draw on the strengths of each other to, to make his name known and to get stronger as a body so that we can continue to do his work here in Greenwood. All right, the third quote comes from Phil Jackson. And to be honest, this one pained me because I am by no means a Bulls fan. But he has some great quotes. And he said, the strength of the team is each individual member. The strength of each member is the team. And again, the same thing is true of Legacy City. All right, if you want to turn to 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to start in verse 7. All right, so here's what Paul says to the church in Corinth, and start in verse 7. It says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, 
to know the gifts of healing by that one spirit, to know the miraculous powers, to to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. You see, he all gives us different gifts. He all gives us different gifts. No one in this room doesn't have a gift that isn't supposed to be being used as a part of the team of Legacy City. Everyone in this room has a gift. God didn't pass over you when he created you and say, I'm not going to give you anything. We all have gifts. Maybe you don't think you do. I challenge you to pray to God for discernment and revelation of what your gift is. Because we all have gifts. We, we all have things that we, that gifts that we can use to make God's name greater. And when you allow yourself to use your God-given gift, it gets woven into this beautiful thing called Legacy City. And he uses you as a part of his church. So seek him and, and discern what your gift is. Right? And those gifts should continue to evolve. Right? It's not like you have, you have one, I don't, I don't believe, you have one gift and that's all you have for the rest of your life or you have multiple gifts. Right? They're going to continue to evolve. I mean, if you would ever tell me that I'd be standing here talking to you right now about this, I probably would have said you were crazy, right? But being in, in situations and, and under working with pastors who kind of believed I, I had the ability to do this gave me confidence that I could, right? My dad laughs. My dad was a pastor. Um, so every time I tell him I'm preaching, he kind of laughs because it's like he never would have thought this either. My younger brother, yes, but not me. But but our gifts can continue to evolve when we allow God to work in us and reveal his, his gifts in our, in our life. So we all have gifts. Here's the kicker with it. We can't be jealous over the gifts we do not have. I think it's very easy to look at somebody else and go, gosh, I want what he or she has, and then I miss what I do have. Because right, trust me, you don't want to be up here singing with a microphone. Right? That would be bad for everyone involved. Right? But God's gifted Jordan to be able to do that. Right? So rely on the gifts that you do have. Focus on what you have because God created our church to be diverse. He created our church to have people with different gifts. Again, we're all here for a purpose. We're not here by accident. So allow God to use the gifts he's given you. You see, Paul wrote this part of of 1 Corinthians to the church in Corinth because they were a divided church over their gifts. Jealousy was was abound in the church because people wanted what other, the gifts other people had. So instead of unifying with each other's, other's gifts, they were allowing to divide the, divide the church in Corinth. So Paul wrote 
this part of 1 Corinthians to try to encourage people to use those gifts. All right, so if we can continue um, with 1 Corinthians, if we were look at uh, chapter 12, go through verse 12, and the next is, next is, a, is a good little bit of scripture, but I think it's, it's important for us to read through it all. Right? And for me, this is one of my favorite parts of scripture, obviously for what I do, for, for my job as athletic trainer. All right, the human body is just one of the most awesome things for, to study. So I love this part of scripture. But he says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 12. It says, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Let's stop for a second. Go back in verse 18. It says, but in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. He wants us to be one body working together. Continue in verse 21. It says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lack it. So there should be no division in the body, so that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. If we look at verse 27, each one of you is a part. Just like every successful team you might have been part of had specific parts, Legacy City also has specific parts and roles that you need to play fulfilling the mission of Legacy City and of Jesus. Just like the human body can't function without the strength of every part, the church can't function without the strength of every person in this room. We're all called to make the church stronger by using our gifts. When you don't, it weakens his church, it weakens our church, and it robs him of his glory. All right, so if you're gifted with the ability to work with kids and you don't volunteer to help with Legacy Kids, you're weakening the church. If you're gifted with the skill to build things and you don't volunteer at Habitat, you're weakening the church. If you're gifted with the skills of being a people person and you don't volunteer on the host team, you're weakening the church. God has put everyone here for a reason and for a purpose. He has a plan for you to strengthen this church and his church, and you can't ignore that plan. 
I mean, take, imagine if Jesus ignored the plan. All right, imagine if Moses ignored the plan or Paul. We don't have a choice to ignore the plan. His plan is perfect. <clears throat> Listen to what it says in 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. See, it's for his glory, not ours. Excuse me. Everything we do, both individually and as a church, is for him and his glory. When we choose not to use our gifts, we rob him of his glory. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to rob God of anything. I want him to use us as a church to glorify his name. I want to be an instrument for his work whenever I can. So let me ask you this question. If I ask you what animal comes to mind when I ask you to name the most deadliest animal in the world, what comes to mind? The lion. The mosquito. It's a good one. It is on the top ten list. Okay, aside from what if I told you this animal was no bigger than an inch long and it's not a mosquito, then it's a good answer. An ant, not just any ant, right? It's an army ant. But here's what you don't understand, and it's the benefit of homeschooling right here, is I got to watch this documentary with Daniel, my youngest. It's pretty cool. If you get bored this afternoon, YouTube Army Ants, National Geographic, it's pretty cool. But here's the thing with army ants. They're not on this list because of one of them. They're on the list because of how they work together as a team to dismantle their prey. All right, so on the picture, by the way, that's a scorpion. All right, and these army ants, they work together to dismantle the scorpion limb by limb. They work together as a team. Even though their prey is much bigger than they are, they're not afraid. They're not intimidated by their prey. Right? They draw on the strengths of each other to dismantle their prey. They're not afraid because they know that they got support in the back. Right? They got the rest of the team coming to support them as they walk through life. Right, Legacy City, we're, 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 we're made to be the same way. Right? We're made to attack the opportunities that God puts ahead of us to glorify his name. And we're not made to do it alone. When we, when we move forward, we move forward with confidence that the rest of our team is behind us, supporting us along the way. Right? So we need to be like these army ants. Right? Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Just like the church in Acts chapter 2, they saw needs in the community and they filled them. Right? They were the original grace bombers. Those cars are still available in the lobby, so pick some up on the way out. But like we learned last week, 
there are, there are organizations in this community that are also for Greenwood. We need to continue to support these organizations by be using the talents that God has placed in this church and through his people. Again, no one's here by mistake. He knew you would be here this morning. You need to use your talents to glorify his name. Because when we make that choice, when you make that choice, greatness occurs. Not our greatness, but his greatness. And as Herb Brooks said when he addressed the 1980 U.S. hockey team before the semifinal match in the Olympics when, they, when the miracle of ice, great moments are born from great opportunity. Like the city, we have an opportunity every day to be great. God puts these opportunities in our life every day to be great. We need to take them. We need to work together as a team. We need to rely on the strengths of each other and to be great for God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you, Lord, again, for your love for us. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord God, to be a part of your team and to be a part of this team, Lord. Help us to... Uh, discern our strengths from you. Help us to rely on each other. Help us to grow with each other, Lord God, to be the team that we're created to be, Lord, so we can worship you and bring glory to you in, in, in how, we, how we live our lives, both individually and, and corporately as a church. It's in your name I pray.